Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Amy Beckley on the Rider Flex podcast today. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Are you in Boulder today or somewhere in Colorado? I am in Erie. Erie. Okay. Hey, I'm not far from you. I'm uh, just north up on the Johnstown exit before Loveland. So, uh, Yes. Yes. We almost bought and birthed. Did you? Yeah. I mean, the whole northern Colorado. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, it's, it's expanding. I mean, every bridge, every road, every, I don't know. It feels like there's construction everywhere, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's expanding like crazy. Have you been up to the giant shields and all that in Johnstown, that I-34? and, and I haven't. I heard it's got a um, Ferris wheel inside. Is that right? right. Ferris wheel, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and believe it or not, every time I'm in there, there's a line for it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who waits in line for a Ferris wheel at Johnstown, Colorado, for, for, for something inside shields, but people do. I don't know. Every time I'm in there, I'm like, wow, look at that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, before we get into Prove, let's hear about you, uh, Amy, the story. Uh, why don't you start with family a little bit, like early on, mom, dad, siblings, where you grew up. Give us some early life stuff, if you don't mind. Um, Let's see. Um, you're really, really early. Um, I grew up uh, as my mother got divorced at a young age, and so it was really you know, my mom and myself, my biological father was in jail his majority of my life. Um, mm. So he was not a good person. Um, just very crime, um, you know, attempted murder, robbery, those kind of things. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I grew was up he like that. Was he was he a bad guy when your mom met? Were they like rebels and rebels and stuff early on? And then she straightened oh, up. Oh, yeah. What, oh, what? yeah. It's that typical like, oh, I'll I'll change him. He'll be different for me. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, he was it was not good before her and not good after her. Um, OK. And so my mom was very, very concerned with me doing the right thing. Um, we grew up, you know, we were, we were taken care of, but we didn't have any of the luxury or anything like that. Um, but I always wanted to do better. I always wanted to prove to her in a way that I was, you know, not like my biological father and, you know, I could be successful. Um, did she go to school? Was she educated? Did she, and what did she do for a living? Yeah. So she was a social worker um, and she took school uh, in the spare time while she was raising her kids. So it's huh. myself. And then I have a, um, a half sister, which I don't call her my half sister, but we're yeah. eight years apart because it was a different dad. Um, and she always struggled to like support the two of us. My dad had some health issues. 
um, you know, just really struggling to kind of to to be right. We were in California, Southern California is very expensive oh, to live out there. That's where you lived, Southern California. Okay. Yeah. San Diego yeah. or whereabouts? Um, it was Thousand Oaks. So okay. it was just north of Hollywood, just across the Ventura County, LA County mm. line. Mm. Um, and your um your half so she remarried. Your mom remarried. Yeah. And then and then had uh your sister, your half sister. Yes. Correct. I see. Is that who you called your dad when you said dad just a second ago? Is that who you're referring to? Health issues? Uh, yes, my, my, yeah, stepdad is, yeah. Okay. He is my dad. Like I, the other I, person I call like, you know, bio, biological father, but this is okay. dad. Okay. All right. All right. Because <laughs> he good. raised what? me. I mean, he came in my life at four, four and a half. And oh, okay. I was that really sassy, you know, eight, 10 year old who didn't want to sit behind him in the car, didn't want him to touch me. How dare you? And like, now I'm like, man, I was such a B word. Like, I'm so, so bad to you. you I'm so out, sorry. Did you, did you throw out that you're not my real daddy and all? Oh the yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that one made my mom really mad. Oh boy. I bet. I bet. I bet. Oh, are they still married? Your, yeah. your mom and dad? Yep. Are they? Yep. Oh, They're God. still married. Um, great people. I mean, she always raised me to do the right thing, to stick up for yourself, to, um, you know, she just, she's just very, um, don't, don't let people push, push you over, stand up for what you, you deserve. I mean, like, for example, like even crazy things like going through the drive-thru at McDonald's. Yeah. And you know, that thing where they're like, Hey, could you like pull forward because we're not quite ready? Yeah. No, I can't. Actually, I can't. I'm next in line and you're going to serve me next. I'm like, oh. Oh, that tells you everything you need to know about your mom's personality right there. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, um, wow, yeah, my, so I have wow. a lot of that personality too, where it's like, no, that's not right. That's not fair. Like, <laughs> absolutely was your not. dad a softie then? Was he the softie and she was the hardcore? Or, or or what was the mix then? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty oh, much. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they. I mean, they were good people. She, you know, got her master's. She did social work. We would Great. spend our Thanksgiving doing um, meals for the homeless, and then oh. we'd go have you know family you know family dinner with our family. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, what'd your dad do? What did he um, do? He he works in remediation. Um, so like basically when you have a, a gas, like a gas station and then the gas station, um, after 10 years, it's just some of the, the fossil fuels leak into the ground. And so they have to pump it all out it's called remediation. And mm. so he has a company that makes those machines to do that, but really his passion is in music. And oh. so, yeah, he was a music minister. He worked at um, Valor High School. Do you know that here in Cal- in Colorado? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was the music minister at Valor and helped them with their their band program. Um, he writes like jingles and songs for Christian churches. Um, my mom worked at the Salvation Army a long time. Wow. Okay. You're um, all right. All right. Jeez. You're, how do you follow that? So your parents were the straight arrow, straight arrow, good people, uh, religious, uh, do the right thing. All of it, all of it. Right. But <laughs> they were music minister and a social worker in California. So they did not have very much money. Ah. <laughs> and so we got to the, um, you know, graduating high school, going to college thing. They're like, we just can't pay for you. Like we want the best. We just can't pay for you. Good luck, um, kid. 
Good luck. Exactly. Exactly. So I got loans. I got student loans and I left. They're like, you know, we can be your room and board. You can do community college for two years. And then I was like, no, no, I will pay for it. I will get loans. Um, man, those student loans, they follow you forever. <laughs> Ooh, isn't that the truth? My gosh. Yeah. It took, man. Yeah. Okay. It took me 10 years. How long did it take you? Um, well, it took me a while because I was just paying like the minimum yeah, and too. then I got married and he was like, yeah, no, we need to get rid of these quick. And so he paid <laughs> them off. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I mean, I would still be paying if it was just me. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So you go to now, let me ask you this though, before we get into college, uh, real quick. And would you, you went to, let's see, where'd, where'd you graduate first? uh you went to UCSD so University yeah, right. of California, yeah, yeah. San Diego okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, there's an important piece to okay. before All I right. went to college was go ahead go ahead um I was 16 and I was getting really bad headaches to the point where I was like passed out on the floor and I couldn't get up and if I did oh. I would just vomit everywhere oh. um and my local it was a Kaiser you know the local Kaiser we had insurance Hey, you know, he probably just migraines, but he went that extra mile, got me an MRI. I went into the Valley, which was, you know, 30, 40 minute drive, um, hooked up to the MRI and they found a ginormous tumor causing what? circulation issues. Yeah. <laughs> it was very rare. In in your um, brain, in your head somewhere? It was down on the brain stem. It was like, I, wow. I still actually have a hole to this day, um, wow. but it was just on that brain stem, and it was like a big fist. It was basically just up against the brainstem causing the fluid to just be disrupted. And then when that happened, it would cause me to vomit, to lose wow. like my equilibrium. And then I would just be laying on the floor. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Holy cow. So at 16, you discovered you got a giant tumor. Great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So immediate brain surgery, they took oh. it out. Um, I spent a week in the ICU, um, came home had a brain infection, had to go back in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> is this during your like sophomore, junior year? Like when is this? Yeah, junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. You're supposed to be having fun. You're supposed to be going out on dates, partying with your friends. Meanwhile, you're like, I'm dying over here. Wow. Right. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But mm. yeah. And so when I got back to school, um, I had a lot of grace from teachers and students yeah. and you know, I remember going in and having to take my exams so I can get my final grades. And one of my, my history teachers was grading it and he goes, okay, you can miss five. And if you miss more than five, you're going to get a B. I was like, okay. And so he started grading it and he goes, dink, 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 dink. And then stopped. He goes, okay, you missed four. Here you go. I'm like, you're not going to grade the rest. And he goes, <laughs> You missed four. Don't you want me to stop grading? <laughs> That's nice. um, yeah, and it was good. cool. You know, it was a lot like, of support. A lot of support. Yeah. yeah like for... he he knew I was a good kid. He knew I I was trying. And he gave me that grace that I needed because it was just a hard time in my life, you know. Oh, Were you a straight A student before that? Straight I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I got into UCSD. I had decent grades, I would think. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no um, but yeah, that experience was like, okay, I have got to have this positive impact on people. I have to do something um, mm. just impactful. I loved science. I loved medicine. Um, and so that's what I went to school for was pre-med to see, to be a, a doctor, to be that kind of person who would 
give the grace, would go that extra mile, who would really uncover things and find, you know, like, remember that house, house, you know, that show house. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, really the- crazy things. And it's like yeah, this yeah. doctor like knows it all. It's kind of yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I got um, you. So, <laughs> so that, so the tumor actually steered you towards a little bit what your career ended up being kind of, I mean, yeah, well, it, yeah, yeah. Another story, right? So I am a rule follower. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is, this is my claim in life is that in order to be successful at whatever you're going to do, you must know the rules. If you don't know the rules, you will fail. For example, now that I have a 12 year old son, <laughs> he played a basketball game. I didn't realize the rules. His other team knew the rules and won. So you don't like basketball at the end where they try to foul you to like get the, you know. And so it's like, I didn't know the rules. And so his team lost, but I thought they were cheating. But I'm like, that was actually so smart that they played by (laughs) rules and figured it out, right? Like we watch football a lot and you can see the same thing with like the rules on the football and like, you know, penalty flags and like declining penalties and this and that, like, and so the best, you know, if it's a game, if it's life, if it's its career, you got to know the rules or you gotta can't properly rules. play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. No, I totally agree. So, so you, so you went into to, uh, UC San Diego with the mission of, I'm going to be a doctor. Did you know what kind of doctor you wanted to be? Did you know okay, or or not? I thought, yeah, no, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I, well, actually I thought I wanted to be in neuroscience. So the rules state that if you want to be a doctor, I mean, these are like general practices, is that you have to volunteer in a hospital. You have to have some kind of like medical experience. Um, I mean, maybe you volunteer in a lab, so you know some lab experience. You know, you do X, Y, and Z extracurriculars, right? There's like, this is what's going to help you set yourself up to get through pre-med, to get into a med school, right? Like there's like things you should do. Mm-hmm. And so- that's what I did. I got a, um, uh, a EMT certification. No. So, so yeah. And that's like step one to becoming a paramedic. And so okay. basically you go in, you learn, you do, you learn how to do CPR, learn how to do the EAD machine. You learn all the different symptoms because EMTs are like the first people that show up yeah. at a, you know, at an emergency. So they have to know like this quick medicine. Um, and then part of that was, uh, volunteering in the ER. Oof. That's where my career path took a turn. <laughs> I was, I was in there and it was just like the volunteer, whatever, you know, whatever everybody needs. And the doctor goes, Hey, Amy, could you come in here? I need, I need your help. Yeah, yeah sure. He's like, here, hold this. And he's got this guy's arm and I'm holding it. And he's got this finger and it's like, just disgusting. And he's like, hold it really steady. And he starts putting this needle in there. And you can tell on this man's face, he is in so much pain. And I had to just hold it there. I was like, oh my God, hurry up and be done because I'm going to pass out. (laughs) I just can't, I can't do this. Oh my gosh. That's a turning point. That is a, that's a pivot point for Amy right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe surgery, maybe needles is not my thing. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so luckily part of my path was also to volunteer or also to work in a lab and to kind of get that experience on the scientific side. All right. Um, so I worked in San Diego at a small biotech company um, learning how drugs worked. Okay. So I don't know if you remember, but um, there's a drug called thalidomide. 
and it was given to pregnant women for morning sickness. Okay. And it caused all kinds of birth defects. Oh, and so like, this oh, one of my know. babies would have like mm. no arms and feet, just like mm. one finger. Mm. It, mm. it was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Mm. It was mm. like in the fifties, I think. Like if you talk to, um, you well, know, this is one. This is one of those multi-billion-dollar lawsuits that the pharmaceutical companies had to pay for. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so here, here's me. Or here's our team. I should say was like, you know what? That thalidomide thing. Damn, that was a good drug. It works so well, but it also had this really bad side effect. How do we figure out what it's doing and how so we can bring it back? Because okay. oh. it it was a really good cancer drug, and so okay. basically what we found was. And I'd say the collective we, because I was one little piece of the puzzle, yeah. um, was that it worked on the stem cell population. And so if, as long as you weren't pregnant and you didn't have a growing fetus in your body that had stem cells, it was a fantastic drug because it would attack the can the blood cancers and it would just stop it. Mm. And so we found, figured that out. And then now they have these like black box warnings where it's like, you must be on birth control. You must take pregnancy tests. You must not be pregnant. And then now they can safely prescribe it. Uh, did you, did, who made money off of that? The pharmaceutical company or the college? Oh, you yeah. Got, who? yeah. No, no, no. It was the pharmaceutical company I worked for. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Very good. So now you're down the path of being a scientist, basically. You're like, okay, yeah. this is what I want to do for this is yep. what, this is what, yeah. Uh, by the way, how are you living and surviving? Because you didn't have rich parents that paid for everything. So what do you like? You getting loans enough to pay for school plus a little extra cash, and then like working nights or what? How how are you living? <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Um, I got loans and I worked. Um, I worked at the biotech lab and then I worked at a coffee shop. Um, a coffee bean and tea leaf. They don't have it out here in in Colorado, but it's very popular in. Okay. Um. California. Well, they actually do. They have it in the third terminal C, terminal C at DIA. Oh, okay. There's a coffee bean in the airport. Um, but yeah, that's what I would do. I would just, I'd work at least 30 hours a week. Um, I would wow. also, so at UCSD, you'd pay by the tuition credit hour. You wouldn't pay by per semester. Okay. And so I would take the maximum I possibly could, which is like 20 credit hours where normal people took. While working 30 hours a week? Yes. Oh, I don't know how you did that. I don't know how you did it's that. It's like I got out in three years and two quarters. <laughs> wow. Okay. You had it was no social money, right? You had you had no social life. You had no free time oh. for anything. Oh, I had a social life. Oh, you did? You did. I did. Yeah. All right. I don't know how. Yeah. Well, I mean, so again, like you gotta take the classes that you find interesting and then they come easy, or they're they're uh, like, I mean, I don't like OCAM, I failed. Well, I didn't fail, I got a C. That was, to me, that was failing. See, it's failing for Amy, for sure. Yeah. Now, any was there any boyfriends, girlfriends, relationships, marriages, anything in here? When, when, yeah, talk to me about that. Um, yeah, boyfriend for sure. Um, okay. not the one I that think, ended up being your husband, though. Nope. Uh, uh-uh, did okay. not meet him until after college. Um, okay. met him in grad school actually. Ah. Uh, um, is he a doctor too? Your husband? No, he builds houses. <laughs> he, oh, okay. uh okay so i jumped ahead i didn't mean to jump ahead to your husband so all right so you're moving along in your career and let's jump to yeah let's jump to you 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 get married and and you want to have family and and somehow then that's where this transition starts right to prove walk me walk me through the transition a little bit yeah yeah so i 
finished school, I was working in this biotech and I said, you know what? I love this biotech stuff. I want to like do this the rest of my life. What do I do? And they're like, okay. oh, you have to get a PhD for pharmacology. I'm like, okay, what's the good school? And they're like, well, Colorado Health Science Center is the best school for pharmacology. I'm like, great. So I call them up and I say, all right, I want to get into your school. What do I need? Again, you got to know the rules. We're going to play the game. <laughs> she point blank told me you need to have whatever the GPA was and you need to have 1800 on her GRE, right? So that's like the test to get into grad school. So I went, I took it and I got, guess what? 1800, 1800. on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> who knows, right? And so I go, here you go. She goes, all right. And then, you know, I got accepted. I came, um, did my schooling. Still on loans? Are you still, are you still on like, how are you, yeah, how are um, you paying for it? Yeah. Yeah. So PhD is a little bit different. They okay. pay you, you are cheap labor to them. So basically um, a PhD is um, the first year or two, depending on the program is all classes. Okay. And then the last couple of years is all you're doing is working in a lab and you're publishing papers. And so they'll pay you a stipend to go to school for that four years. I see. It was like just enough to cover rent. So like back in the day, I think this was early 2000, 2005, it was like $25,000 a year. I mean, it was again, <laughs> cheap labor, but it was That's enough that I could right. you know, afford a, a room and a house with like six other girls. Um, <laughs> and they get all this research and we do all this really cheap labor for them. Um, all right. Win-win. So, so yeah, right. I didn't, but didn't have to pay for that, which was good. Um, so got a PhD, got married, and decided. How'd you, we meet, your, how'd you meet your husband? At the gym. And you said it, at the gym. <laughs> yeah. At the gym. Now yeah. that's weird. Now, 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 girls always complain about guys in the gym coming over and hitting on them while they're working out. Like I hear that all the time. Like, oh, this weird guy comes over, this creeper, or whatever. This creeper's over here. He's like trying to get my phone number. Is that were you like, hey, bro, don't leave me alone. I'm trying to work out, or or what? <laughs> Well, he kind of did it in like a sly way. Um, it was more like a like a flirting thing because we'd see each other all the time, and he would always make comments about like these. There's these old men that would come in and they'd wear these like skin tight yellow bike shorts and they'd be like lifting, and I'm like, oh my god! And he was just like, you know, like making these like weird comments and faces, and it was just he wasn't like you know like outward like hey baby you know like hitting on me yeah i got you um yeah. he's throwing out he's he's throwing the fishing lures out there to see if you're you're biting or not he's, he's... exactly yeah exactly <laughs> and so you know we'd kind of like done that like in passing type of thing and then one day he came over and he said you know my job's changing right so he works in construction and his one site was closing he's gonna do another one he's not gonna come to that gym anymore you know can we exchange numbers kind of thing um huh? Okay. That's a good line. It's a good line. All right. Very good. And it worked out. Yeah. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So you got married. What's your husband's name? Jason. Jason. Okay. Jason. All right. And you're like, all right, this is a good guy. He's got his stuff together. He's a builder at the time. You're thinking, all right. And you told yeah. him, you're like, Hey, by the way, I have like $400,000 worth of student debt and uh, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> it wasn't 400,000. It was only like 25,000. Oh, 25,000. That's cheap for to get it. Well, yeah, because I got out in like three years and I work 30 hours a week. To, like, oh, okay. Kind of, like, you did fine. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, and I had a house with seven other girls and I only paid, you know, like $200 in rent. <laughs> you know how many PhD people I've met with only $25,000 worth of school debt? Like none. <laughs> so North Carolina, why, why did you, why not? How did you get there? Why North Carolina? 
I mean, I basically said, you know, I have to do this postdoc, which if it was an MD, it would be like a residency. Um, but like, basically it's more training before you can actually have a job as a scientist. Um, and so it's called a postdoc for a PhD. I was like, I have to do this. Here's the areas in the world where I can work and do this. Um, and he said, let's get out of Colorado and out of the snow, find somewhere with no snow. Um, and so we ended up in North Carolina. There was a division of the NIH down there. Um, and I started working on stress hormone signaling and lived right outside of Raleigh in the Raleigh Durham area, which is beautiful, by the way. Did he, <laughs> no did he build houses? What did he do? Did he just start building houses there or what? Yep. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. All right. Yep. Cool. All right. So you're moving along. Then what? Um, so I, you know, I said, okay, we are married and I'm starting my career. This, you know, as a postdoc, I was making, you know, better money. I wouldn't call it good money, but better money. Um, we bought a house and we got a dog and we, you know, had like a really good house in a nice neighborhood, you know, with the extra rooms and Life is normal. life's moving along. All right. Yeah. yeah. Good. And I had told to be hundred percent fair. I had told Jason before we got married I want two kids. I told him that. I was like, if you don't want kids. Yeah. Tell me now. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Here, and so it was, back, to you, back to your original speech. Here are the rules. I want to make sure you know the rules before we start. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that is like, that's like life goal. Number one It's like, just know the rules. Right. And so. Yeah. So he knew know, two kids. Yeah. Yeah. So he knew wanted kids. And so, um, I was 28, 27 to 28 at the time. And, you know, I was on birth control, long, you know, been a long, a long time. I came off of it and it was amazing as a, a smart, educated person like me that has been working in science for, you know, majority of her life had no idea anything about fertility and cycle mm. tracking. Mm. And, you know, I learned it, I self-taught and I was like, okay, this is really cool. You can like track your cycle. Like, you know, like the new Apple watch, you can track your temperature and it goes, yes. oh, you likely ovulated. Right. So it's like, there's all these signs that your body has that you can kind of track to see what's going on. Well, I was doing that and I could tell there was an issue. I could tell oh. this, is, oh, really? you know, this is not normal. I'm like Googling this. This is not what this is supposed to look like. Mm. <laughs> um, and then you go talk to the doctor and they're like, well, you're, you know, you're under 30 and you haven't been trying that long. It just takes time. Um, and they would just brush me off as, oh, you know, it's fine. Um, and then on my birthday, got a positive pregnancy test. My birthday is at the end of April. Um, and so I was pregnant for less than two weeks. And then oh. we had Mother's Day, first Mother's Day. And so we went to this really lovely outside service at uh, the church that we were going to at the time, the Methodist church, and mm. we're sitting on the lawn and we get up from the lawn to go eat lunch and I could feel this gush and mm. I had my first mm. miscarriage. I will spare the details, mm. Mm. but I was like, Ugh. and mm. then I, I just remember calling the doctor's office and them saying, well, that's normal. And all, you know, 25% of miscarriages or, or pregnancies end in miscarriage. And you is know, that the percentage 25%? I didn't know that. I didn't, oh, that's much 25%. higher than I thought. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's really high. All right. Um, but she, like, they still wouldn't, you know, help me. They're like, yeah, that's just normal. It just happens really nothing we can do. Um, and so I just felt very alone and very just 
it felt like fertility, like fertility care was just broken, you know? Right. And, and so anyways, we went on to have several other losses, still couldn't get pregnant. We ended up at a reproductive endocrinologist. Um, so like a fertility clinic that does IVF. And I have a fantastic doctor, um, Dr. Park. He's still in North Carolina. Um, one of the best men, you know, doctors I've ever met. And he would like just ran all the tests and he's like, look, Amy, I have absolutely no idea what's wrong with you. Everything looks good. All your testing, you know? And so I was given that diagnosis of unexplained infertility. And really the only thing you could do to increase chances of pregnancy when you don't have a diagnosis is IVF. And so that's what we did. Um, we did two rounds. The second round, um, ended in my son who's 12. Um, his name is cash. We tease him that we named him that because he took all of our cash. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. Uh, Um, but, um, yeah, so he was about two years old and I turned to my husband. I'm like, yep. So I told you it was two kids. Um, but then at that point I was like, you know, I don't want to do IVF again. I really want to understand what's going on. And so I went back to the doctor's office with that mind frame of not doing IVF, trying to, you know, explain the unexplained. Because you wanted to figure it out as a scientist. What can we do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Amy, I interrupted you there. Um, As a scientist, you wanted to figure it out, right? Is that that the deal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You wanted to know, like, like you wanted to be like, I want to know what's wrong. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, through a series of conversations, I was like, well, it's not that I can't get pregnant is I can't really hold this pregnancy. And so we talked about the hormones that, and, you know, happen during implantation and holding a pregnancy. Um, and so part of IVF is you give yourself a hormone called progesterone. Um, and it's a shot in the butt every day (laughs) after, Mm -hmm. um, the transfer, and I said, I, I just don't think I'm making enough of this hormone. Can I have it, but outside of the context of IVF? And he said, sure. Hasn't really been studied that much, but it's not going to be harmful. Right. Um, and that's what we did. And I, I got pregnant and I stayed pregnant and I have a nine-year-old daughter. And it was just. What's totally, her name? Money? Like, it was What's her name? Money? That was it. That's all it what? took was this like one prescription that's given to. No, her name's Dylan. <laughs> okay. So it's uh, funny because my son, um, I, after he was born, I got a tattoo and it's a <laughs> like a money symbol, right? It's easy. It's money, right? Yeah. Um, and it's on my my left foot and he happened to be left-handed. And so when I had Dylan, every all my friends were teasing me. They're like, well, you have to figure out a name that can be transcribed into a symbol so you can put that on your right foot. And so I actually do have a tattoo for her. It's a little, it's a little more convoluted. It's a D for Dylan. And then it's a a wave because Dylan means of the water. And then it was a heartbeat because it's commemorating all the losses that I had to get to her. Very nice. Very cool. Very cool. And then my husband's like, see, you got two tattoos, two feet, no more kids. And I'm like, I told you, I just wanted two. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not going to change the rules on you. Amy, you skipped over the the miscarriage is pretty easy there. Um, I've never been through one myself, obviously, but uh, know lots of people that have. And um, 
I've seen from, at least from the outside looking in, I've seen the pain and the emotional wreck that that can cause. I mean, that had to have shaped you in a lot of ways, right? Affected you in so many ways, I would think. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, each one of them was very painful. Um, You know, my personality is to not fail, not to let anything affect me and, and, and cause me to fail. And I did, I felt like a failure. I felt like, why couldn't I hold a pregnancy? It was so, it was so bad. Like as a woman who just wants to be a mother and can't, um, it's, Mm. you, you, you just like wall yourself off and you don't want to talk to people. Um, it's just, I mean, like it affected Mm. our marriage, obviously, yeah. Um, and you know, he was trying to be as supportive as he possibly could, and he would see how upset I was, and he would just be like, That's it, we're just not gonna have kids. And that made it worse because he thought he was helping, but he wasn't helping. Mm-hmm. Um yes. but yeah, but you know, like I, I think it was just that I knew I knew deep down in my heart that there was that wasn't the end for me, that that wasn't my law in life, that I could figure this out. And I just kept trying and I kept trying. And, you know, when I figured it out and okay, it was just a hormone issue and my body wasn't, wasn't producing enough and we could fix it. That's where it it really opened up for me as like, this is a huge opportunity. Like how dare doctors sit there and say, it just happens and there's nothing we can do about it. 30% 30% of miscarriages are preventable. 30%. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's like, why aren't we talking about this? It's like, yeah. it's not, yeah. It's like, yes, you know, most miscarriages are genetic. Sperm and egg don't get together and it just spontaneously, spontaneously, um, they call it aborts, but it's a miscarriage. Um, but things like structural issues, um, undiagnosed STDs or infections, um, hormone issues. These are all things that if you knew what was going on, you could prevent it. You could fix it so that you didn't have to suffer through yet another loss. Um, and so that's where it just gave me that drive, that passion where it was like, you know, I, this is going to sound really bad. I had to have those losses. Like they, I was the one that had those so that I could do something to fix it. Yeah. Right. Like, I see it. Yeah. Yep. You know, because I was the scientific person, I was like trying to do something passionate and trying to change science and then having that personal experience and living through the disaster that is fertility care or was back in the day to be like, this is broken and we need to fix it. <laughs> we need to fix it now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I got, I feel very blessed. I got the family that I've wanted and this was the coal company and the whole product. Everything that we do is about giving back and giving that ability to any couple that wants it, right? There's so many people that don't live near clinics. They can't afford clinics. They don't want to pay for these fertility treatments, even if they have the money. Um, and so it's finding better solutions. It's about being informed, having better conversations with doctors, um, that, you know, we did everything just to, you know, pay it forward. And when did you decide, was there like a moment 
where you sat down with your husband and you said, we're going to start a company. I'm going to start a company. I, yeah, I'm trying to help people and I'm trying to figure this out because it started, it's, it sounds to me like it started with you just like, Hey, I'm going to figure this out. This is, I gotta, I gotta figure out what's wrong here. And then I'm going to help people. But then at some point you were like, well, okay, well, hold on. Let's, why don't we make this a company? How, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, so every week, uh, which is, coincides with my birthday at the end of April is uh, national infertility awareness week. So it's okay. like a national thing where they celebrate, you know, infertility and they show awareness kind of like breast cancer month in, in October. Um, and so it had come up and I basically said, Hey, I was one and eight. This happened to me. This was my story. Here's my kids. I got through it. And from there was just like the flood of people on, cause I posted on Facebook that like came in they were like, I've been dealing with it too. What did you do? How did you do it? Right. And so I had all these friends that were uh -huh. suffering in silence as well. Mm. They're asking me what to do, you know, for my advice. Mm. And we helped, I helped um, a handful of them get pregnant, which is one-on-one -on -one advice. And then uh, one of my good friends that was a chemist when I was a biologist at this company in San Diego, she also had to do IVF to get her son. And she called me up one day. She's like, Amy, we got to do something like, can you make a at home progesterone test so people can measure their own levels? I'm like, yeah, I think I can. <laughs> so it was like, we have to at least try, like we have to pen to paper, figure it out. Um, she was a patent attorney. So we got our first patents filed. She had been doing clinical trial work. So she knew what to do. Again, we went on the FDA website. We read the rules. We're like, all right, what are the rules? What do I got to yep. do? Was she a co-founder? Um, Is she a co-founder in the business or an investor? Or yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. So the two of us were co-founders, um, and she was with me for the first year. She has a lot of health issues, um, and so she basically exited the company. Um, she's got a at the time she had a three-year-old son. Um, he's now seven, <laughs> so we, you know, it's been a while. But um, that's how. She, but that's how. Yeah, that's how it got. But that's how it got going. Okay. Yeah. How how long? And by the way, for the listeners, it's Prove P R O O V Prove, and the website is ProveTest.com. Prove is the name of the company. Prove ProveTest.com is the URL. How long did it take from that phone call where she called you to get like get through all the R and D and the development and the approval from the FDA to where somebody could actually pay you for one? Um. So. If I had taken that approach at life, I don't think I would have a company because that <laughs> is the typical timeline that you have to do. <laughs> we could not do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we made up our own timeline based off of the rules. Yeah. Um, and so basically what we did is we bought a $50 logo off Upwork and um, we ordered the reagents and had them sent to my house. And we okay. did proof of concept in my basement um, to $2,000 proof of concept in my basement. Um, and then I pulled out my PowerPoint and I put together some beautiful PowerPoint slides. I used, uh, my marketing team hates me, uh, comic sans as the, uh, font of choice, which I now know is the worst thing you could possibly do. Um, <laughs> but I just put this like promotional thing together and then we did crowdfunding. And so oh. right. it's like Kickstarter, but this one's called Indiegogo. Um, yep. you could do, yep. a, you could do a medical device on Indiegogo. Um, and so basically you correct, you collect revenue before you have a product. 
Interesting. I didn't know so you could do that. That's how we okay. did it. Ah, yeah, very good. So and of course, you they, directed you directed your early followers on Facebook and stuff. You're like, hey, by the way, Indiegogo, I'm over here. Help. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. How much cash did you raise on that first round or whatever? About 44000 Okay. Well, hey, better than zero. <laughs> yeah. 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 So part of the rules on the FDA was um, you had to register and list and you had to like, it was, we like each product has their own classification and regulatory pathway. And so we like okay. emailed them. We're like, this is what we want to do. They're like, great. All you do is this. And so we have basically had like, you know, check mark from the FDA. We had to get a manufacturer that checked all the boxes for the FDA. Um, and so we launched a medical device and under under 50,000, we did have to take uh, a line of credit out. So that's another thing. Um, instead of taking a loan, you take a line of credit and you only and did have the bank. Did the bank give you that line of credit versus against your house, against a personal guarantee? Personal guarantee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They didn't just say, they didn't, you mean they didn't look at you and go, ah, you're so cool, Amy. And this is a great product. We're just going to give you a line of credit. No, no, no. They're like, no, 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 no. Use personal guarantee. You borrow your own money and pay interest on it if you'd like. <laughs> Thank you, bank. I appreciate you. <laughs> I always love it. I always love it when the bank says, hey, we'll loan you 500 grand if you have 500 grand in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, sorry, we got off track. Okay. So you got, all right. So you get the line of credit. Uh, so a line of credit with the personal guarantee, the $45,000 raise on Indiegogo, the basement, I got it going in what, like in less than 12 months, six months? What was this? So we had the idea to form the company in March of 16. And in May of 16, we had our successful campaign. We had raised 44,000. We fast. hired, yeah, we hired a manufacturer to do it, to do all the R&D, to actually put it in a product that could be sold, not, you know, in the basement um in uh september of that year and then we had our first product sold february 2017 did you have to do was there a second raise in there or anything from any outside investors to get the no no okay wow nope. and of course now you're you're doing all this while working your full-time job yes with two kids yes <laughs> two kids at home yeah. full-time job oh let me do this work in the basement at night but so there was another night. piece of the story that we totally like glossed over and oh, oh. that i want to just point out so yeah got my phd uh did the postdoc had my son we decided we want to be closer because we we're raising my my son and he wanted to be closer to grandma and grandpa oh. moved to kansas which is where my husband's from i got a oh. job at kansas state university and i was a faculty position and um, that's when I had Dylan, my daughter, and I figured all this stuff out and I was faculty. And so as being faculty, you can get tuition credits. And so you can take one class at a time. And so I got my master's in business one class at a time, raising a, you know, I was pregnant during the beginning of it, <laughs> like, you know, into a newborn phase, you know, at lunch you know, wow. at night, wow. um, getting an MBA and the entire time it was just, how do I learn business as a scientist to create a company? How and so that? you just, you want to know what you don't know, right? No, not a single person in the entire world is good at everything. They're <laughs> just not. No. 
And so if you can surround yourself with people that have fill in the gas, the gaps of things that you don't know that then you're going to be successful. If you can realize I'm an expert in this, I need help in this and this, and you know what that looks like. Like, for example, I hate Excel sheets and like financial statements. Like I just hate it, (laughs) but I know we need it. And so I hired people to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it's like, if you didn't know that you needed the financial statements, you didn't know what cash flow is. You didn't know what burn rate is. You don't know know. those like terms. Like you get yourself in trouble. Yep. Get yourself in trouble. Yep. Um, what give us the size of the business today. I don't know how much you want to share, whether it's people, revenue, just a general sense of like, okay, where is it today? Have you had any more outside investors and kind of what's the plan? Yeah. So we took in our, on our first investment in 2018. Okay. Um, it was an angel investor. And we got a, a, a grant with the state of Colorado. Um, nice. And so that was about first, you know, million dollars in, of you know, non crowdfunding funds. Um, went through a couple accelerator programs. Um, it was based out of Cincinnati and it was for un- underrepresented founders. Yep. Um, and that one of the biggest kind of strategics in there was Procter and Gamble. Um, huh? And so we learned a lot on the, yeah, on the, on the consumer side how to market, what they think about, um, you know, how to talk about your product to consumers. It's like one of the largest consumer facing companies out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, sur- I'm surprised they didn't offer you some money to buy the, buy the company right then. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they should have, but they didn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. So we, yeah, so we raised a million and then we had another round where we raised, um, we were going to raise another million and people just, it was right around COVID time okay. and we were at home diagnostic and they just, just wanted to give us more money. Um, and we took it cause we didn't know what was, we didn't know what was going to happen with COVID. Mm-hmm. So we raised another 2 million there. Um, and then last year we closed a series A funding round of 9.7 million. All right, man. Series A $9 million. Congratulations. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have a few government grants. So we have an NSF grant um, for another R&D project that we're working on. And then we had a grant through the DOD, the Air Force um, to increase. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're trying the best we can and we're trying to. No, you're the real deal. You're the real deal. My question is, um, how many employees today? Uh, 16. 16, but you, um, you're, you're co-packer or whatever you manufacturer, that's all out. So your distribution and your manufacturing is outsourced. Those aren't employees, but it's outsourced, I guess. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, outs- do you outsource a lot of other functions, marketing, HR, anything else, or is that in-house? Uh, we outsource HR. We use, a, uh, what do they call it? Like e- e- EPO, yeah. EO, whatever they're yeah. called. Um, yeah. yeah. All of our manufacturing is outsourced. We have a contractor that helps with, regulatory stuff. We do have um, certified quality systems. Now we have an FDA clearance. We have many more products. We have a pipeline of like 12 or Great. 13 products now. So we well, have to, that's a, that. That's how you close the series A. Cause they don't, they don't give you $9 million with one skew. They want you to have more than more than one, one more than one product. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you still, I don't know how much you want to share, but I'm just going to, you 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 don't have you don't still have more than fifty one percent of the cap table after raising the nine million, do you? Yeah. I don't. Okay. 
Was that the moment? Was the series A series A closing? Was that the moment where you had to give up, where you lost the fifty one or plus? Yeah. Yep. How did that for the listeners? I get that question a lot with a lot of people visiting the podcast. Was that was that emotional for you? That that moment where you're like, okay, we need the nine million, but as soon as as soon as I do this, I'm technically not in control of the cap table. How was that for you? Um. It was emotional, but it was something that you kind of have to make a choice where it's like, all right, you know, do you want to steer the ship? Do you want to be the, the, you know, the woman, the man in charge? And it's just you, you can only go so far, right? Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. take on this additional resource, it, you know, it's not just money, but it's the connections, right? So it's a strategic person that invested in us. It's not just you know, a friend down the street that just wants to give us money. It's it's a strategic person that can get us to the finish line. Yeah. And so my goal of this company from day one, and it's remained the same, is increasing access, you know, increasing the ability for couples to access good health care and good resources. And so taking on additional funding was a way to do that. I was yep. never going to be able to do this myself. And so I didn't feel like it was like, oh, I'm giving away my baby. It was, oh my gosh, there's this amazing person that came in and wants to invest money onto the vision that I have. And it's going to help me amplify my voice. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Good so for you. You have That's to good. change that frame of mind, right? Uh, yeah, you do. No, 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 no doubt. No doubt. Are you, is the goal, and I know we're almost out of time. Just two more questions here. Um, are you hoping to flip it to like Procter and Gamble or some other pharmaceutical company or take it public or, or, I mean, is there a whiteboarded out master plan or you're just kind of having fun building it? What, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to be acquired um, by who I don't know. I do okay. not think it's an IPO. I don't think it's a, what's the new fancy term a spec yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I, I want to be part of a larger organization and carve out the women's health space and be okay. the expert in hormones and help them have a piece that they haven't had before. And so I want what we built with Prove to be a part of a bigger organization to help that organization do better for women. That's great. Uh, that's good. It's good, Amy. Do you ever get tired? I mean, damn, your your work ethic is extreme. Like, when you meet lazy people, do you just like beat them up because you just can't stand them? Because you you don't remind me, you don't strike me as somebody who just sits on the couch and chills out very very often. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that's it's definitely um, interesting because I work constantly, and then you have employees where like okay, they only have to do forty hours a week. Like you can't push them too hard. <laughs> Totally true. My wife tells me that all the time. She's like, not everybody's going to be like you. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Hey, your kids. I, I hope your kids aren't lazy because if they are, I feel sorry for them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's questionable. Oh, <laughs> uh, Amy, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh.